0: Hello friends, welcome to an unusual edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. This is our new normal, our new reality going forward for the next month or so. Just two people remain on the Suffolk Sports Desk. That's me, your host Mark Heath, and uh, second in command, Lieutenant, Captain of this particular ship, uh, Hutchie Hogan, Andy Warren. Fortunately, we've still got someone who knows what they're talking about as part of that twosome. Hutchie, how are you? Good, thank you.
1: This is a shrunk, a bit of a shrunken ship, isn't it? We're in a dinghy now.
0: Yeah, we've jumped, we've jumped overboard. We're in a dinghy, uh, Titanic style. So hopefully it'll turn out better than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? So for the next month, obviously, as we explained on the last podcast, it's just me and Hutchie manning the Suffolk sports desk and, and covering and writing about Ipswich Town largely. Um, Stewie and Ross, erstwhile members of this team and, and valued teammates, uh, have been furloughed, have taken furlough for the next month. Um, so yeah, it's going to be me and you, Hutchie, We're going to try and do uh, one of these a week at least going forward, just to keep it rolling. The, the KOA podcast for the KOA Army, and and hopefully cheer people up out there. who may need cheering up. Um, so Hutchie, how how have you been since we last spoke on Thursday? What have you been up to? Obviously, you've not really been anywhere. But um, what, did you do anything over the weekend or?
1: Um,
0: no, didn't uh, didn't just
1: more of the same out in the garden. Yeah. Paddling pools, sand pits, lovely little, little slide. That's just me, my daughter. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, my daughter was there as well, but she wasn't into it, so it was just me in the, just me in the paddling pool and sand pit. But um, yeah, yeah, we're That's all right. Sound- actually,
0: we're all right. That's, that sounds nice, mate. I've got to be honest. The weather obviously is beautiful, which is a one bonus, um, in a way. Although obviously we can't really go to the beach or anything. Um, what did I do over the weekend? I uh, deep cleaned the lounge. That was exciting, um, and also got stuck right in, balls deep, as they would say, into the uh, into the Ford Mustang Lego, uh, which is currently sitting to my left on my my dining room table in my conservatory style office. Um, yeah, it's looking good. looking very good indeed. How um, many how many is that? This one's like one thousand four hundred something. A uh, friend of the show, Joe Fares, after last week's pod, sent us a little video um, of his Lego collection, which dwarfed mine and made me feel quite inadequate uh, <laughs> and also slightly aroused. Um, but yeah, Joe's a, Joe's a proper Lego pro. We've only done the Statue of Liberty and are halfway through the Ford Mustang. But there's a there's a world of opportunity out there, people. <laughs> Go and a look on the Lego website. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fun for all ages. And uh, we're already thinking about the next thing we can get. Um so yeah, that's what I've been doing it in lockdown. Do you know what I should have been doing today, Hutchy? Um, I do, but
1: tell tell us anyway. I do know what you should have been doing, and it's very sad that you're not.
0: Yeah, I should have been flying to Florida, my friend, to uh, ahead of Saturday night's um, contenders Florida event. Would have been a, my first international pay per view TV job, hosting and calling that. That would have been fun. Instead, I'm I'm sat in my conservatory in my uh, in my jogging pants. Writing about Ipswich Town, <laughs> which is, uh, just as glamorous. Well, at least that means at least the cancellation
1: means we've been able been able to keep hold of you because I we did fear that you going all Mr Big Time international pay per view star that that might that we might lose you. Um, that was a real fear. So um, there are positives, maybe not for you, but <laughs> but <laughs> but for us and the listeners, there there are at least some some positives that we can hang on to.
0: That's Very nice, of you to say, actually. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd rather be here to be honest. It's, of course, uh, you would, that's where I want to be. Actually, should we talk about football? Yeah, see, there is no football to talk about per se. But, um, yesterday was it I can't remember, I'm, I've totally lost track of days now. But, um, earlier this week, Marcus Evans broke his silence, um, amid the coronavirus shutdown. Um, to talk of, well, a to, to pen a letter, an open letter to town fans, and and talk about season tickets, that was probably the most interesting thing to come yeah. out of it. So do you want to just um, fill people in who haven't seen it? Obviously it's all over our website if yeah. you want to go and go have a look, but Hutchie what's yep. the state of play?
1: So, so yeah, Mar- Marcus, pub- publicly Marcus has been um, very quiet during this, but as as Stu said on the last podcast that we did, behind the scenes he's actually been really quite hands-on with Ipswich's response to to coronavirus, both in terms of work within the club and working kind of externally with the EFL on any kind of strategy um, going going forward in terms of getting back into playing games again but um, chiefly working behind the scenes uh, it's probably first worth talking about the fact that it's become a little bit more clear just how uh, difficult the financial uh, losses have been at Ipswich and um, mm. the estimate from, from there is that it seems like maybe a, a three million pound hit over the, the lockdown period it, assuming that obviously it's been extended till May and, and with a little bit more on top of that would be a three million hit. And that's chiefly through ticket um, loss of revenue for tickets, both the five home games that have, have vanished and will certainly be played behind closed doors at some point. And the launch of um, the launch of season tickets, which typically brings in about 600 grand a month um, in those early months. Uh, once they they go on sale, which they would have been um, ordinarily, and then there's a, a lot more that's been lost in terms of sponsorships, match day income from uh, revenue from the shop, programs, uh, mascot packages, that kind of thing. But chief, chiefly, it's tickets. And so, yeah, Mark, um, amongst Marcus's response in this letter that he wrote earlier this week, um, without launching a season ticket sales pitch, he's you know that they've been looking at ways in which they can bring in some income. Um, and that that includes um, season ticket renewals. So there, there's been a price freeze on anybody that renews their season ticket by May the seventh. Um, so to renew, if you're paying by direct debit, all you need to do is not cancel the direct debit, and you automatically re- renew. Or if you pay up front, you can auto you can renew that as well by May the seventh for a price for a price freeze. Um, so they they've they've been keen to stress this. This is not a season ticket launch they're not actively trying to sell season tickets to to anybody other than existing customers but um yeah for those who already have them can renew at a price freeze and that would allow fans to take advantage still of the 12 month um direct debit scheme which i think for most tickets gets that below kind of 30 pounds a month um Mm. for a for a season ticket which is, you know, I think a lot of people do do that. I think it's either sixty or seventy percent pay their their season ticket that way. So, as well as obviously being a way for the club to bring in some money at a time where they're bringing in absolutely nothing really, um, it's also it's also it, it it can help, I suppose, help some fans there to spread the cost a little bit more if they would have been renewing anyway, rather than sort of doubling those payments up further down the line.
0: Mm. Saying that the price has been frozen until uh, May the seventh, does that an indication that perhaps it won't be frozen after that? Uh,
1: potentially, yeah. For for new, um, the the way they've done season tickets in the past is kind of there's a an early bird renewal deadline um, to meet, which um, which is generally either a price freeze or a low up a lower a lower price which is how they normally do it um and more often than not i think you'd find that new new season ticket holders would would pay an increase on what the ticket cost the previous season i'm not sure they're com- they're not completely sure what that package will look like when they do eventually launch season tickets they don't know when they'll be able to launch season tickets or anything like that but yeah i guess i guess a price freeze by the may, may the seventh
0: suggests that after that
1: it may cost a little bit more Mm.
0: How do you think fans would would uh, react to that if they do indeed hike prices, given the uh, fairly disappointing slash failure of a season
1: they've had? Um, I'm not sure. I find it difficult to comment on on the price of tickets, and and you know it's, it's not for me to to tell somebody um, what their opinion should be on on the the price of their football ticket. Because I'm you know I'm in a, a position where I I'm I'm not paying uh, to watch football, so everyone will have their own opinion on it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult sell to if you're going to significantly up a price. There's not an awful lot to kind of significantly sell that on, is there? But um, we'll wait and see. I don't think I don't think there's suddenly going to be a massive hike in prices. It might just be a little bit more intricate
0: in that um, in that as well. Mm also, Marcus was talking, and, and, and as well as Marcus, Rick Parry, the AFL chairman, was talking last week about um, essentially when football does return, it looks extremely uh, unlikely that fans will be allowed to go to the stadium and watch the game. So they're, they're, they're making plans to stream games, yeah. broadcast them live for fans. And Marcus was saying that would be part of your, essentially if you're a season to get older, you'd get that included. Yeah,
1: so that, that's a big part of it as well. I think there's... Um yeah if if you're a season ticket holder home games would be you'd get that for free um yeah. clearly that's it clearly that's not the same as as paying for a ticket to go and attend the match and I, and and they know that that's it they're not trying to suggest that that's an equal an equal um equal trade in in terms of that but um this is for next season as well so so that the five game home games that are left, look, we I think we can pretty much certainly say that those games won't be played in front of supporters when they mm-hmm. eventually are. That's a that's a little bit of a different issue to what we're talking about now, which is the season tickets for next season 2020 twenty-one. And it's not impossible that the start of next season will be behind closed doors in some way as well. So yeah, they're talking about streaming streaming those games free for season ticket holders. There's also in there, should that happen, there's also a free pair of cup ticket uh, a free cup ticket for a home cup game for season ticket holders and i think also if there's behind closed doors games played season tickets holders will also get a pair of tickets to the next available open house league game to give to friends and family as well um so that's all part of the, the package that ipswich are putting forward for those that renew their tickets now um as well as um Importantly, importantly as well, um, Marcus is making a personal donation of five percent of all the income that the club receive by the by that May the seventh, um, by that May the seventh deadline uh, for for the price freeze. He'll be making a five percent of that donation to the the NHS um, to be used lo- locally in Ipswich and Suffolk. So, if you're talking about six hundred thousand pounds a month. Um, season ticket income that's that that could be a, th- a 30 grand personal donation from Marcus to the NHS I guess mm-hmm. but, but obviously it's probably not going to be that full 600 grand figure
0: mm-hmm. interesting time so crazy isn't it I think about how this is all going to affect football than yeah it might be when football finally starts and when fans will be allowed back and Very, very interesting. I was was reading something um, earlier this week, uh, Dan Porter is one of our MPs, also a doctor, suggesting that he doesn't think um, sporting events slash restaurants slash pubs will be possible with people, uh, pubs and restaurants, opening until December. Yeah. So, we have football behind closed doors until December. Good Lord. It's not
1: impossible, is it? Not impossible at all.
0: No. The other thing to mention, um, which I know one of the Kowei Army, friend of the show, Joe Fez, brought up in our mailbag appeal this morning, was um, this chat about regionalising Leagues 1 and 2. It's come from the Fleetwood chairman, um, essentially saying that with obviously the coronavirus impact, hitting clubs hard, um, he's talking about potentially looking at regionalising Leagues 1 and 2. Now, according to the Daily Mail, there's several clubs supporting the plan. So it'd basically mean north and south, I guess, um, the divide like it used to be back in the day, uh, in in a bid essentially to to cut travel costs for teams uh, and also make away games that much more appealing, i.e. shorter journeys for fans. Um, So I can see the logic behind it, I've got to say. but Obviously, I'm sure a lot of fans would miss trips further afield and to those those clubs up north that would, would not be part of the the South Division, Hutchy. What what do you make of all that?
1: Um, yeah, you can you can see the logic in it in it, can't you? Um, mm. I'm not sure that would be something that Ipswich would be putting their weight behind. I think I think that would probably come from some of the um, fr- from some of the smaller clubs in those mm. in those divisions. Would be suggesting that, but I, yeah, you can see how um, you can see why. Why that would appeal certainly certainly to some of the northern clubs, actually, I would say that might have come from those a little bit more because they they are a lot more kind of squashed together as it were in terms of travel wise around greater manchester and 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 places like that whereas mm. if you if you put Ipswich suddenly in a league one league one league one and League two south division, Ipswich will be going to Exeter and Plymouth and newport and Ah, uh, Bristol Rovers, Shrewsbury, <laughs> potentially, um although Shrewsbury might creep into the north, you never know, but is it, yeah, in terms of Ipswich, um, I'm not convinced that it would actually produce those kind of savings that that it might for others, and I'm not sure that's something they would be they would be pushing for, but you can see the logic in it, can't you, particularly, I think, for the for the northern clubs who are so bunched together in in certain parts of the country up there um and you can see why it kind of f- Fleetwood to Portsmouth on a Tuesday night doesn't make sense so um yeah you can certainly see the you can certainly see the logic in it i would be surprised if that happened but but i think everything's on the table isn't it if they're trying to find a way for survival almost. Um you, you need to discuss everything. So yeah, I'm sure that's one that might be discussed a little further.
0: We will see. A um, couple more things I want to talk about actually before we get into the mailbag. Um I enjoyed something you picked up yesterday. Grant Holt, boo, hiss, villain, etc., um, defending Luke Chambers, which I thought was was interesting. Just um just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um,
1: someone brought that to my attention. Mr. Holt did a live Instagram question and answer session in which a Norwich fan, um, having the chance to kind of interact with one of his club's legends, decided to use his question to ask about an Ipswich town player, which is, (laughs) um, which is interesting in itself. But yeah, essentially this guy by all accounts suggested that the Luke is stealing a living as a footballer. Um, to which, to which Grant Holt probably gave him an answer he wasn't expecting, and was was very complimentary of a, a former Nottingham Forest teammate. They were at the City Ground together, and he said, "If there's one man I'd want to stand behind beside on a pitch, um, both as a football player and as a person, it's Luke Chambers." So, um, yeah, a nice defence from an old from an old colleague. Chambers, obviously, Chambers is. Um, chambers doesn't have a good record against Norwich mm. um, clearly but he he has managed to kind of get into the consciousness of of Norwich fans who really sh- probably should have better things to focus their kind of bile on than than someone like luke he's managed he's managed to do a fairly good job of of winding them up despite having no success over them whatsoever during his time as a, as an as the ipswich captain um he really should have done in that 2018 game that he really should have kind of been the Derby Day hero that day only for a late goal back in stoppage time but um yeah an interesting one and some nice words from Grant Holt as well.
0: What's the term What's living rent free is it? it? I
1: nice. believe that is the term grandad
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one more um, there was some Mick McCarthy quotes doing, doing the rounds over the weekend you can tell Mick's back on the market um, yeah, yeah. Obviously he's talking about how he wants to get back into club management, get to a 1,000 games, reference Ipswich Town and potentially overstaying his welcome, but the thing I found most interesting um, was his little chat about social media. And um, he said that during his time at town, he he was made aware that a player, an unnamed player, uh, had been getting, as he called it, bigged up on Twitter and therefore strutting around thinking he should be in the team. And Mick reminded him that he was the one who saw him play every day, uh, and true to Mick form, said I wasn't bothered when he came to the office. It's my decision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, the first question is, Hachi, who do you reckon this player is? Firsthand, Selina has been quite heavily tipped because obviously I'm, there was a
1: yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't know if he was active enough on. So I think it's got to be someone that was a bit more wired in on Twitter. Yeah. He wasn't particularly. Maybe Jet. Potentially, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It could have been anyone, really. Um, maybe Jet would be my my choice. What was it? Mick used to call Twitter Twatter, wasn't it? Twatter, yeah, yeah. Very always, always got a little chuckle from uh, that that awkward little laugh that journalists give when football managers are trying to be funny in press conferences. Um, listen out for it. It's a a wonderfully
0: fake little laugh
1: sometimes. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's all part of the dance, isn't it? That you, have to, yeah. you have to do oh, very sharp. <laughs> um, Jet's a good shout, though. What was the, the the Mick quote about Jet? He'll start calling him Jet when he plays if he's got a rocket up his ass. That was it, yeah. Him. Not yeah, a Jet,
1: yeah. I wonder if it might have been him.
0: Hmm. We'll never know, actually. We'll never know. No,
1: we probably will never know, which is uh, which is a fascinating thing to to guess about for the rest of eternity.
0: <laughs> it's fun to speculate.
1: It's always fun to speculate. There's arguably nothing more fun than speculating.
0: Exactly. Um, Right then, should we jump into Mailbag, Hachi? I can't see you this week because we're not videoing this, but can you uh, do the honours, mailbag-wise?
1: Mailbag, mailbag, it's time for Mark and Andy to dip into the mailbag. You need to do
0: the do 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 Nailed it. Excellent. First question: Olls Ollie gold I think that is. What do you think attendances will look like by the time fans get back to watching football? So this is this is a good question. It's an interesting question because um, even when people are told it's safe to go out and do things again, do you think that people are going to want to be in a stadium full of other people? With no, given there's unlikely to be a vaccine for this virus. Um. I'm not sure I would. I've got to be honest. I've thought about whether I'd like to be in an arena, for example, watching MMA or boxing. I'm not sure I would.
1: Yeah. Well, this is another part of it, isn't it? Um, That's going to be a personal choice for everybody. And um, who knows? Who knows what the number number would be? Let's say that Ipswich had been getting what? Let's call it 18,000 regularly Mm -hmm. for games. there's an older demographic in the crowd as well who may decide um we never know they may be told they're not allowed to go to things to things like this if you're over if you're over a certain age at some point we just we just don't know so um yeah i, I don't think you're all of a sudden going to be seeing 20,000 inside portman road um say they start playing in front of a crowd again in september um with no vaccine mm. Um, it will be fascinating, but yeah, it's got the potential for um for a drop,
0: no doubt. Because there's a lot of a lot of percentage of season ticket holders are 60, 65 plus, aren't they? From memory, they're the ones that are going to be, I guess, more wary. Especially if they have had a heart attack or an underlying health condition, they're going to be the ones that are going to be most wary, I would imagine. Of yeah,
1: large yeah.
0: crowds. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it will be yeah. There's just so many small like things like that in life that are just going to be so different for quite a substantial amount of time. Um, But yeah, I, I really don't know how many people would go. It'd be a personal choice for everybody, but there's bound to be significant numbers of people that would, would not that their love of football and their desire to be back inside Portman road, watching their team again. Um There'll be people whose desire to do that won't outweigh the health considerations that they'll have as well. And, and, and rightly so, really. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You will
0: indeed. Right, Nigel G. Friend of the show. NHS hero number nine. <laughs> With a big bass. <laughs> this is a good question actually from Nigel. It says, you have to pick a town five-a-side team and manager, but you can only pick one player... And the manager from each of the last six decades, i.e., from nineteen sixty. So, who do you pick, and who would the rest of the KO choose? He says, hashtag Stay Home Save Lives. So, you basically you've got to pick a manager and a player from each decade um, for a five-a-side team. Okay. So who, who are you going with? Well, Man- let's we start with manager. Well, fr- from the from the nineteen sixties,
1: there's actually seven decades. Okay. Um, isn't there if we include the first four months of this year? Yeah. Uh, so can I have a squad of six with a with a manager?
0: Yes. Is that loud? Yeah.
1: Um. So my manager, my manager is going to be Paul Lambert.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: From, That's... because I don't think this five-a-side team that I've got here particularly requires the the. The likes of Sir Alf Ramsey, Sir Bobby Robson, George Burley, mm-hmm. to to manage it. Um, I think there's enough. I'm going to have enough on the pitch and in my squad here. I don't need Sir Bobby Robson, for example. But I think Paul Lambert could probably do a good job of getting these lads up for a little that five-a-side kickabout. So Paul Lambert
0: will lead my will lead my squad. Okay. Um, along those similar lines of thinking, I'm going to have Mick McCarthy. I want it to be a very pragmatic five-a-side team. It's not. We don't want free-flowing football five-a-side. We want sharp shop one-nil five-a-side. Okay, okay. So I'm having Mick McCarthy as my as my manager. Um, so he, he's your 2010s then. Yes. Okay. So who, who who you taking from the 60s? Should we start with
1: the 60s? Um. We're both going to take the same player here, aren't we?
0: Well, I'm, I was going to take Ted Phillips. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, you have Phillips. I'll have Crawford. Okay, if you're happy with that, I'll have him. Yeah, I'll, t- yeah, I'll take... I'll, I think Ted Phillips would be an absolute monster in Fiberside, I've got to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he would be. Uh,
0: so you've, got, you've got Phillips, I've got Crawford then from the 60s. How about the 70s? Now, the, beat, the beat. Yeah, but I want the beat as well. Okay, I'll, I'll have Mick Mills. Okay, because again, I think BT 5 aside would be just unfair. Yeah. So you've got Mills. You're, so your team thus far is, is Phillips and Mills. 80s, who are you taking from the 80s? Uh, John Walk. Interesting. I'm going to have Dalian Atkinson. Whoa. I think he'd be tremendous five the side. Yep. Creative, bit of spark. Yep. So I'm having Dalian. Nineties.
1: Yep. Um, my nineties player is is Matt Holland.
0: Hmm. Okay. That would be be my choice as well. Who am I going to take instead of Matt Holland? Uh Come I'll back.
1: I'll happily give him up. I've got other options.
0: Well, he was going to be my inspirational skipper, you see. Um who who, who would you take instead?
1: Well, I've got Mick Mills as an inspirational skipper already, haven't I? So yeah. I'll let you have an inspirational skipper if you want and i I'll, I'll have um I'll have Kieran Dyer. Ah,
0: good shout. That's a good shout. So you've got you've got Kieran Dyer. I've got Holland now we're on to the the naughties, as uh, as I hate it being called, but there you go. Yeah, who's taking from the naughties?
1: This was a tough one. I found this one difficult because this is my this is my real era, and there were too many to choose from.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but I've gone away from my natural instinct because I want I want a bit more of a a street baller in there, yeah. a bit someone who can handle being kicked although well, the 80s lads can all handle being kicked but um I'm going to take Sixto Peralta oh um because he was he looked like he grew up and he may well have done grown up playing on the streets in Argentina um socks down he's my
0: he's my boy okay that's a good shout do you know who I'm having nope Gio you love him don't you I do love Gio and he 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 must have grown up playing street football. He he would be incredible a side. So I'm having Gio Dos Santos for the noughties, which just leaves us with well you with the tens because I've already got Mick McCarthy and me with the twenties, which is a bit of a shame. <laughs> who,
1: are you, who are you having? Who are you having from the current crop
0: then? Oh, uh Dryden would be too obvious, wouldn't it? Um, I'm going to. I'm going to take Andre Dezl. Andre Dezl.
1: Yeah. Um. I'm going to make an interesting observation. Yeah. You haven't got a
0: goalkeeper. Oh, good shout. Yeah, I need a keeper, don't I? Uh, and I can't. I can't pick anyone from the tens now because I've got McCarthy.
1: So basically, you're having Will Norris or Thomas Holy.
0: <laughs> to be fair, Holy in a five-a-side goal. Who's going to beat him? You'd have to depending on which ones they are because
1: you get two di- you get there's two different kind of five a side goals aren't they there's the long the very low but really quite wide ones yeah. or there's the kind of more boxy boxy ones
0: yeah
1: um and I think my selection for this would depend on which goal
0: we're using uh well I haven't got much choice so I'm going with Holy that that was not planned but I'm quite happy with that thinking about is Six foot nine frame, the five side scenario. So, which which keeper are you taking then?
1: Uh, I'm having I'm having Richard Wright, uh, who was still at Ipswich in in 2011 or so. So, this allowed me to have Richard in the in the ranks.
0: So, just let's just recap our teams. So, I've got I've got Holy in goal. I've got I've got BT, and I've got the the creative forces of um, Geo Dezel, and Dalian Atkinson. Uh, and then I've got Matt Holland and I've got Ray Crawford. Now, what I've done there, Hutchie, is I've made the mistake of picking quite a creative team with a manager who doesn't really, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really enjoy creativity, shall we say. <laughs> why,
1: don't, why don't you like pivot mm. and, and uh, appoint Paul Jewell?
0: Oh, that's a good shout, isn't it? I could take Paul Jewell...
1: You could have Paul Jewell, Roy Keane, or Paul Hurst.
0: Well, uh, out of them, I mean, again, Keane, I can't see in a five-a-side setting. I don't think he'd be, I don't <laughs> think he'd be the best manager. Um, so yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Paul Jewell because at least he might um, let them run loose a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm quite happy with that team. Who, what's, who's your team, Shamami?
1: Paul Jewell's Barmy Army. Uh, Paul yeah. Lambert is in charge of a, of a team of Richard Wright in goal. Yeah, Mick Mills is my kind of utility defender. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Then um, a, kind of a three midfielders of John Walk, Kieran Dyer, and Sixto Peralta, and then Ted Phillips standing up top as the pivot man, just banging them in. That's that's my team. Right, Mills, Walk, Dyer, Peralta, Phillips. I
0: will tell you what, I fancy like my team. Do you reckon? Yeah, I wonder what the KO Army make of it. We should put it out on social. See see who would win that mythical matchup between. The greatest five side game ever played. I reckon that would be.
1: Yeah, goals on goals in Ipswich would um would enjoy hosting that one. I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that, um, Nigel. Thank again, thank you for your service in the NHS. Um Next up, George. Which outfield member of the town squad could you see doing a job in goal if required to during a game? This is one of the best things in the history of football and indeed sport. But an outfield player has to go in goal. It's brilliant. Um, uh, and for me, uh, the obvious choice is going to be Norwood, isn't it? You need someone with who may have a bit of a screw loose. Yeah, a I ridiculous get, amount of confidence. Yeah, I get the feeling Norwood would, would relish going in goal.
1: Yeah. How about you? I don't know if Chambers would be able to resist kind of putting his hand up
0: because he be puts he, he his, face his face
1: hand up for everything. So,
0: Chambers would be worried about his face though, wouldn't he? Not not the face, absolutely. not the moneymaker.
1: No, I think he I think he I think he would put his hand up for it because he puts his hand up for everything. Okay. Rightly or wrongly. Um and I could see him, I could see him donning the gloves. Now whether never whether any of them would be any good or
0: not. Um no idea. What's the greatest for what's the greatest outfield player in goal performance you've ever seen? I've not seen very many. I've, it's pro- probably Paul Gallagher
1: from last season, actually. yeah, He, he went in goal for Preston. Um, he made a really good save from Danny Rowe. I've seen Matt Holland playing goal, but I think he would be the first to admit that didn't go very well. Um, he played, he, Matt played in goal for, I think, 10 minutes or so of a, a win over Oxford in the late 90s after Richard Wright got kicked in the face and had to go off and have stitches. In that 10 minutes, he managed to concede a goal. But then Richard Wright came back and um, Matt then scored a goal in a 5-1 win. So I guess it turned out okay. That's pretty Um,
0: decent.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: I don't know if I've seen any more.
1: The best I've ever
0: seen, and I could be remembering this totally incorrectly, but um, I remember watching uh, Dean Windass go in goal. Uh, against Leicester, I can't remember who Windass was playing for at the time, Bradford or one of the myriad of clubs that he played for. Anyway, he went in goal. I think I might say he saved a penalty and kept a clean sheet. <laughs> it was tremendous. he he's another one who would be, you know, the obvious choice to go in goal. Slightly, yeah, uh, slightly insane. Um, yeah. FPL Tractor, what's your favourite own goal of all time? Can't look too far beyond the uh, the Brian Gunn. Ola thorn air kick disaster can you that's got to be up there
1: I quite like Frank Sinclair um, who just turned around and lashed it into his own net for I think he was playing for Leicester away at Middlesbrough from near the halfway line
0: or oh, just keep yeah. keeper's head was it I can't remember that
1: one no he, was, he found the bottom corner um, oh <laughs> yeah he did a good job and I quite I, I don't remember who took the throw in but um, there was a goal it, it was Birmingham against Villa ah yeah and a throw in that went under Peter Enkelman's foot and just rolled into the corner. That was um,
0: that was quite amusing. That's well. when the fan came out and slapped him, wasn't it? As I seem to remember. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Not not to be uh, encouraged. There's also the one in the lower leagues, wasn't it, where the guy kicked the ball into his own face, broke his nose, and scored no goal. Toto Etiola did that last month. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. Um. Okay, cool. Steve Wallace. Hi guys. Interested to know who is your football idol from when you were a kid and why. Um well, mine, because I was obviously a derby fan growing up, my first football idol was Peter Shilton. So I used to play in goal, I used to like diving around. And uh Shilton was a derby keeper and also happened to be probably the best keeper England have ever had. Although he was on the downside of his career then. So yeah, Peter Shilton was my first football hero. How about you, Hutchie? I I
1: just I loved goal. I still do love goalkeepers, and I loved goalkeeping kits Mm. from the nineties. And probably because of his kit and because he was a mentor. I my first footballing idol was actually Peter Schmeichel,
0: um,
1: who was just a monster in
0: goal. It's brilliant. It's crazy. I don't know how many people who listen to this. Obviously, we've got. Quite a few young listeners will remember seeing Peter Schmeichel play, but how similar he and Casper Schmeichel are as goalkeepers. Yeah. I mean, P- Peter Schmeichel Sr., as you say, there's no other word to describe him than beast. I mean, when he used to come out steaming out of his goal and spread himself. He just seemed massive, didn't he? Yeah, huge. Uh, and you see that with Casper, very, very similar.
1: Yeah.
0: James Gulp, this is a good one for us, Hutchie. Now only the NFL legends are left. That's me and you, baby. Let's discuss the new Falcons uniforms and Gronk joining the Goat, who means Tom Brady there at the Bucks. So um, yeah, this is this is uh, emerged I think over the last couple of days. Rob Gronkowski, famous, famously mental tight uh, tight end for the Patriots, has unretired uh, and is going to play with with Tom Brady, the seventy four year old quarterback, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next season, if indeed there is a season. So. What do you make of that, Hutchy? I, I I still think that that whole box thing is going to fall apart spectacularly.
1: No, I think I think it'll be okay. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything mental like that, but I think it'll be all right. We shall see. It's uh, a lot of fun having Gronk back. is a lot of fun, particularly because I'm le- I'm led to believe that he is the current holder of one of the WWE wrestling belts. Is he? Um, he is. Yeah, I was reading this. Um, he is the holder of the WWE 24-7 title, which I'm reliably told is kind of up for grabs at all times. So if anybody pins him for three seconds, they get the title. So I'm really, really hoping that he still has this belt when the NFL starts up again. Oh, and some wow. And yeah. some kind of D-lineman... Or like cornerback tackles Gronk and pins him during an NFL game and also picks up a WWE wrestling belt at the same time. Um,
0: that's gotta got happen. It would be, be amazing. amazing. Yeah. Vince McMahon and the WWE would not miss an opportunity like that. No. am <laughs> not sure what the NFL would make of it, but
1: there you go. Most of the fans just came steaming onto the pitch out of the uh, out of the stands and just pinned him. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to be some fan actually to pin Rob Gronkowski. To
0: be fair, yeah, you need to be a big boy. You need to know yeah, what you're yeah. doing as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. And the and the Falcons uniforms. Uh, James has kindly included a picture. I don't know if you've seen it, actually, but um, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm all in. Uh
1: not for me. I don't I don't like the I don't like the whole ATL thing on there. Um. But all the all the teams are just going really similar with their color schemes at the moment. Like the Texans have got a very really similar color palette now and they're all they're all getting a bit similar if it's uniforms you want take a little look at the um, la chargers that they've released i think yesterday or the day before they've yeah. released like six different uniform options and they are they're beautiful give
0: me them give me them over the falcons any day what i do like about this falcon stuff though is it looks like they've got the old throwback in there as well from the dirty bird era you know the classic black uh, falcons uniform so, I'm a fan of that. Not for you, though. Joe Fares, obviously, we've already, we've already discussed that. Next question Peter Dwerry House has come oh, we, with, we're uh, go. with another question about life and death. Um, would you rather live for another 60 years but not be able to leave your house ever again, or live for 10 more years and be free to go wherever you wanted?
1: Why are they always about death?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Peter is and... obviously a bit of a philosopher and uh, and interested in, in, in mortality and life and death because um, they are always death related. <laughs> um, I think if I was given those two scenarios, uh, I'd probably go for 10 more years and go wherever I wanted. I'm not sure I could cop 60 years sat in my house.
1: Mm. I'd quite like to see my daughter uh, reach older than the age of 12. If I'm honest,
0: yeah. To be fair, you've um, got extra considerations.
1: Um, yeah, I'll take on this occasion. I'll I'll take I'll take the sixty. Um, part of me would be envious of you out doing stuff for the next ten. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, but no, I'll take I'll take the sixty.
0: Harry Butcher. Friend of the show. Number seven, Harry with the arrows. Uh, He wants to know very simply ketchup or brown sauce. And he adds, stay safe, lads. So, uh, Hutchie, the obvious answer is ketchup, but you're sometimes left field. So, what are you saying? Oh, very
1: much, very much brown. Yeah. Um, Brown, you know, ketchup has its place. Am I being. if, if the question was which one could you only have if you have to have one forever and the other one didn't exist I'd go brown mm. um, because I reckon 70% of the time I want brown um, but ketchup does have its place with fish and chips um, I want some ketchup with that but bacon sandwich, sausage sandwich um, brown sauce please
0: Your bang on brown sauce with a bacon sandwich is superb.
1: Yeah, it's got anchovies in it. Do you know that? I didn't know that. It
0: has edutainment as ever. We're (laughs) still keeping it going. Um, Stefan Vasic, friend of the show, number eight. eight, Stefan, traveller. Good to hear from you, Stefan. He suggests a virtual live pod, and then adds, "Hope you're well, guys." I'm not sure about the logistics of doing a virtual uh, uh, pod. probably easier now. There's only two of us, but I'm not sure that would have the pull without the doctor and, and producer Ross.
1: Yeah, um, we meant to be. We were meant to be doing that last uh, the weekend, weren't we?
0: We were KOA Live 2.
1: <laughs> that was Saturday.
0: Yeah, didn't another, I, Did it? Another thing fallen by the wayside. Um, Okay, that brings us to the end of Mailbag Hutchie, but um, you mentioned something there which reminded me of something you put on Twitter, which I just want to put into the ether before we depart, which was a a great idea I thought you had, whereby every game, what was it every game a team has to field a fan or name a fan in the squad? Yeah,
1: yeah, this was a question that was one of the, I think Twitter actually put this question out themselves about if you could introduce one rule to your favourite sport, what would it be? And I have long thought, actually, that it would be great if in every game of football, each team had to field a fan um, selected at random from those attending the game. Because, sure, you're going to get some rotters in there. It's going to be awful with some. But one day, one day... You will get an absolute hero in there who scores the goal that wins their team the cup, gets yeah. them promoted. Ipswich, Ipswich finally end their five hundred year run without a win over Norwich, thanks to <laughs> thanks to a fan who deflects it in off of his own face or something like that. Um, you eventually you would get some beautiful, beautiful stories from this. So yeah, that would be my approach to it. There are some pitfalls though um Manchester City for example would probably at some point entirely pack the Etihad with um professional footballers yeah <laughs> just in case so so yeah there are some issues to be ironed out but I think it could be good i
0: think mean, the basis of a brilliant idea i've got to say genius at work indeed now then um Anything else to discuss actually before we, we head off? Uh, no other business. No other business. Okay. Well, um, I hope you've enjoyed this scaled down KOA pod. We're going to try and do at least one a week going forward until things return and we get the doctor and Ross back on board. Um, just so we have got something to listen to, as I say, hopefully um, cheer you up for an hour or so in these lockdown times. Um, as I always say, hit subscribe on our various podcasts, on your various podcast providers, and leave us a five-star review. On iTunes, follow us across all the social medias as well, and also if you were following uh, the Kings of Anglia on Twitter, podcast on Twitter, you would see that Hutchie blessed you with the the club outro, which obviously will end the show. Very very popular. Chris Warren, musician, and also your brother Hutchie, put together that that uh, the uh, the pod teaser, um, so it's now out there for you to to listen to and take. The next step is logically, Hutchie, that we release it, but I don't know how it works. Because I think we've got a good chance of getting that to, yeah. it, certainly yeah. in the top 10. I've been looking into
1: it. Um, it's doable, but I think yeah. I think you're going to need um, about 8,000 downloads to reach the top 40. Uh, um, and the minimum price, I think the minimum price you can sell it for is 40p. Mm. So... Um. Yeah, I don't know if that's
0: doable. I still feel like we could do it. I don't know. Let's think more about it. Um, but it certainly merits being in the top forty, as far as I'm concerned. It should be top ten at least. Um, as Chris, I mean, obviously Chris is a teacher, isn't he by trade? Yeah, yeah. So how how's he finding lockdown? Is he spending more time creating more musical classics?
1: I'm not, not aware of any classics at the moment. Um, I saw him yesterday actually, because he, he was in work at, he works at the school near Portman road, mm. um, St. Matthew's. And, um, he came round and stood at the end of our path, which was, which was nice. Um, just on his way home from work. I haven't, haven't seen him obviously he lives, lives out near you. Um, yeah, he's okay, I think. He's doing all he's doing all right.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Well, with that then, without further ado, should we get into the club? The only club that's still open. Oh, um before we do go,
1: yeah the, uh, by putting that out, the, the shadowy archant figures are now aware of the of the outro. Um so and the reviews seem to be quite good. Um, even though we have doctored their attempt to get people to listen to the folklore podcast so hopefully the banging club version might spread to some of the other archant podcasts
0: i want to see it on the brexit podcast yeah i want it on all of them i want <laughs> it on the whole on all of our podcasts yeah there's some kind of um diktat goes out that says it has to be this one yeah that means like the norwich city podcast has to play it and that kind yeah. of- That would be tremendous. That would be victory for us.
1: It might be the way that we can spread the word and get get our audience up to get it in the charts. If we can spread it, because the Folklore podcast, they must be getting what? 400, 500,000 listeners per episode?
0: At least. Um,
1: At least. So all it would need would be 5% of them to be really into kind of like house classics. And then we would be on
0: for number one. I like it. I like it. Right then. Um, Shall we head into the club then? Thank you very much for for listening today. Thank you Hutchie for joining me remotely. Thank you KOA Army for continuing to be interested in what we do and we'll continue to stay here and put stuff out for you. Um, So now it's club time. I don't know what time of day it is you're listening to this but you might want to pour yourself a little lockdown beverage. Diet Coke for Hutchie. Is it Diet Coke or is it fully fat, Hutchie? Your, your uh,
1: Pepsi, Pepsi Max, actually, if you're asking.
0: Pepsi Max. You go. Get Hutchie a Pepsi Max. Mine's a Peroni or a single malt whiskey. Um, we'll join the queue. We get straight in because you're, you're with us, VIPs. <laughs> Let's head into that KOA club and we'll speak to you again next week. true crime to football, Brexit to hopeful... For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.